If you like the Live Wild podcast and enjoy hunting-related apparel, I've got you covered. I just launched some great t-shirts, hats, and sweatshirts under my own Live Wild brand. You can find them now on my website, remywarren.com. I just want to say thanks again, everyone, for all the support, and I really hope you enjoy these designs as much as I do. Who knows? Maybe you'll head over to my website and find your next lucky hat. I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is presented by Mountain Tough and Yeti. I partnered with Mountain Tough because a lot of the tactics and hunt styles I talk about in this podcast require you to be in the best physical shape you can. Their app is designed for hunters to get you ready for the backcountry or any hunt you have planned this fall. Yeti's been a longtime supporter of mine, and they make some of the toughest products out there that are built to last and they're built for the wild. Welcome back to Live Wild Podcast, everyone. I hope that those of you that have been out hunting or had a chance to get out and found some success. I myself have been pretty deep in it. I've been guiding the past four weeks, primarily for elk. Uh, today, I took some hunters out. It was a long, cold day on the mountain, put in a lot of miles, but we saw a lot of elk in return, just not the ones we were looking for. You know, there's a lot of great tactics when it comes to being successful elk hunting. But this season, I've just personally been running into a lot of snowy conditions and low visibility. So this week, we're going to look at an old school tactic and dive into the art of tracking an elk. I'm going to go over what to look for, how to read a track and follow tracks, and then how to decide and interpret their next move. But first, I want to share the story of some tracks this season that led to a nice 6 by 6 bull. So this particular week, it was pretty low visibility. We had a lot of storms moving in and out. So like snow, fog, kind of the combination of the two, which makes it very tough for elk hunting. Even if you're hunting an area where you aren't doing a lot of glassing, just having that extra visibility and that not precipitation weather kind of gets the elk moving around more and and gets them up and makes them easier to see. But a lot of the areas that I hunt as well, it's like we're – our main tactic is relying on being able to glass and spot the elk uh, and then move in standard spot stock tactics. So this particular week started out pretty slow because it was pretty harsh winter conditions the first day and, and you know, not a lot of action. It was, we did find some bulls, but just didn't work out. We, we moved in on a, a group of elk. There's a nice six point that we found and just like fog came in, weather came in, got dark and just didn't work out for us. So uh, fast forward a little bit later in the week, what we had seen uh, is like we we're just trying to find those openings where there is visibility. But unfortunately, it had snowed, but it didn't snow enough where it's like, oh, there's snow everywhere. There's snow kind of staying on those north faces, but the south faces it would burn off. Or even in lower elevations, it would kind of just be rain and then higher up there's snow. So on one of the mornings, start glassing and it's like pretty dark out but i'm looking in those areas where it's like the clouds opened up a little bit and i and i was looking into the snow and i spotted the shape of an elk like oh elk 
I don't know where there was a bull. I definitely know that there was an elk. So we decided to move up that direction. It was a long ways up the, toward the top of the mountain. So we start to hustle and try to get up there before they get out of this opening where they were feeding. We make our move. We get up there, but they're already out. And I'd seen what I thought was the tail end of some elk moving across on the ridge up above, but it was still a long ways up. So we make our way up and I start immediately going to where they went over and looking for track, trying to sort out, okay, like what kind of herd are we talking about? What was in here? Because I, I'd seen some elk, but I didn't, I don't know whether it was bulls, if it was just cows, maybe it was cows and calves. So my first thing was like, I'm going to go to these tracks because these tracks are going to lead to these elk. In this particular scenario, I knew exactly how old these tracks would be because I'd seen the elk there not that long ago, maybe 30 minutes prior. So I started sorting out the tracks and going, okay, well, we've got some bull, we've got some calves, we've got some cows. And then I start looking around, I go, okay, here's a bull track. And then I keep looking and I go, here's a really big bull track. And I'm just basing these on kind of the shape and size of the track. I go, okay, this is, this is definitely a mature bull which I had never, I didn't lay eyes on that bull before I got up to sort the tracks out. So the hunter that's with me, I talked to her, I'm like, we should follow these tracks. She's like, yep, we're here. We've, we've already expended so much energy to get to the top. We might as well keep going. And so the tracks kind of converged into a line. Generally, that just means like the elk are traveling. So they were at a feeding area. And now I'm like, all right, they're traveling. So I'm putting on a pretty good pace trying to keep up with these elk because we knew that they were there pretty soon but we also what i don't want to do is go too fast and then you're in this thick cover and all of a sudden you just blow the elk out and you you mess up your opportunity so the tracks kind of single file into this regen regenerating pines so they're all like probably I don't know, ceiling height pines, super thick, very hard to see through. You probably can't even see more than five feet in front of you. So I actually pulled out my map and I'm looking, okay, there's a burn on one side, heavy timber on the other. I think that they're going to go bedding, which would probably be on the heavy timber side. I'll probably wrap around and go bed there, but I'm just going to kind of see what these tracks are doing first. So they're, they're going single file and we're, and we're going pretty good pace to try to keep up while they're doing this. And then we hit this kind of portion where it busted out. I actually figured they were going to go right, and they ended up going left toward the burn. And when they hit this burn, the tracks started to disperse and spread out. And that got me thinking, okay, something's changed. They're probably going to be feeding now. And so I start looking around um, and go, okay, well, which track to follow? Well, I'm going to definitely follow the bull track. But I start to look, and I see where it busts in the burn. There's some willow trees and some, like, willow bushes, like little shrubs and other things. And I can see that the tracks are going there and feeding. So now I know, okay, they hit this burn, and they aren't just moving to go bed. Now they're kind of thinking about grazing. They're probably going to be spending some time in here. Now it's time to slow down. So I really start to slow down and just start uh, looking and moving, and I start kind of analyzing the map and I think okay they're gonna wrap around into this burn that's the kind of the direction they're going they've been feeding so that gives us a little bit of time to catch up this is where we really need to be 
uh, head on a swivel and start looking and, and find these animals before they spot us. So we actually, I decided to just move up kind of off the tracks where I can get a better angle looking in. So we move up a little higher and now we start to slowly creep in in the same direction those tracks were going because I figured they're going to continue to go up. So we might as well just cut the distance straight up and then move into their direction and start looking because if they've moved up feeding, then we're good. We're in a good position. And if not, that's even better for us because they're, ho they're hopefully below us. So we start working our way to where the, the tracks had went down and I hear some like noise. Like, oh, that's animals. That's elk going over deadfall. So I really start to just glass, 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 scanning, scanning, scanning. And it's, uh, the burn's like old enough where there's a lot of regrowth and you, it can easily conceal an elk. So I start glassing and then I look about 200 yards away and I see this willow tree shaking. Like, oh, sweet. Get, get ready. Get down. So we get down and I focus my binoculars and see a nice six point right there. He's actually like raking on the willows and, and starting to kind of eat around this little shrub. So I tell my hunter, I'm like, okay, load up. And, you know, she puts a, a round in and there's this perfect, like just in front of us, this perfect broken off burnt stump. We move up to it, get the gun set. But the way that the hill is, like they were in the canyon below us. And now they're starting to feed up and then the ridge of like there's another ridge across from us. And then once they go over that ridge, they're going to be out of sight. It's going to be very hard to kind of get back on them after that. So we get set up there and the bull's just doing his thing. He's kind of feeding and in and out of this little bit of regen. And there's like some pines and some other stuff. And so he, he completely disappears. A couple other cows walk out. And I, and I slowly stand up and I can see him like I've got it. He's standing there broadside, raking on this other little tree. And I'm like, I'm thinking, okay, we can move up. There's another dead tree, maybe 20 yards in front of us. And we would be able to look down further and get a shot on him. But he is also starting to feed up and we've got a really good position. So I kind of think about it for a second. I decide we're just going to stay here. So she's on the log and it's kind of like a I would say it's like a kneeling position to shoot from and I I grab my pack and put it under her, her right elbow which is like the hand controlling the trigger and now she's perfectly standing I say okay we're just gonna wait here because I think that this bull is gonna continue to feed up and follow that cow they're gonna probably go up over toward that ridge but we'd like to get a shot before they get on that that ridge line so we're just gonna wait here I think that you know, if we move up, we risk maybe bumping him or even moving up at the wrong time and then not getting a shot. So I can just see the antlers. And so I say, just keep your scope on him. Just kind of follow the bull. The bull continues to kind of move through that stuff. And then cow pops out. Sure enough, bull pops out. And he's just sitting there feeding. And she's on him, but no shot through the brush. I'm like, all right, just wait until he moves up. He's going to give you a shot. And I could see his one foot start to move, next foot move, and he stopped in that perfect opening. She put the crosshair right where it was supposed to go, pulled the trigger, and just hammered the bull. Bull went down right there. It was awesome. It was her first elk. 
or I think it was her first bull. She might have shot a cow before, but uh, first bull for sure. And a nice six by six, like a, a really good bull for a general area. Uh, pretty exciting hunt. And, you know, the tracks led us to that bull, like being able to just go up there and, and decipher the tracks and, and then, you know, accordingly go with the timing of the elk are moving. Now it's time to slow down and pay attention. Uh, because of that, we brought home a really good elk. When it comes to tracking elk, it can be as much an art form as it is a tactic. So we're going to go over the things that I look for when we start to track an elk. And the first is going to be the age of the track. Now, you want to be following a fresh track, especially if maybe you've had snow that's four or five days old. Well, how to decide, okay, which track is fresh if I follow this track? How long ago was this elk here? And I think that that's probably the first step in deciding, okay, when we start to analyze a track that we come across, whether we're driving a road and the track run is going across the road or we're hiking a ridge and, okay, we encounter a track there, how old is that track? So the first thing we're going to think about is the weather and what the weather's been doing where we're at. So if it snowed, uh, last night, then we know whatever tracks we see have been since the snow stopped, right? That makes it easy. But what if the snow has been on the ground for a while? So the first thing that I like to do is compare my current tracks to the condition. So today, for instance, when I was walking around, there's been snow on the ground for four or five days without any fresh snow. There's lots of tracks. So I walk up and here's tracks everywhere. Here's some tracks where I can clearly see the print of an elk in a bull. And you go, ooh, okay, I can see that print. Maybe this is the fresh track. But now we got to say, okay, well, what's the current weather condition? The best way to compare a track to something fresh is using your own foot. All right, so if I step next to that track, what's my track look like compared to that track? Well, Today was really cold. It was three degrees out. And in that kind of weather, the snow is a lot drier. It's fluffier. So my track went in and was more of like very undefined. I couldn't see my boot marks. It was more of like a, just a pock in the snow. Whereas this other track next to it was clearly defined of like, here's the hoof print of an elk. So that's telling me that well, that was probably when the weather was warmer, when the snow was softer, when it could make that footprint and then freeze over, ice over. Now I know, okay, that's an older track. That's not from today. That's not a recent track. Now, if there's a, a mark that matches or is similar to the way my boot interacts with the snow, then I know, okay, this is a fresher track. Now, here's some other tactics as far as deciding the age of the track. One thing that I look for is, is looking around the edges. So maybe kind of all things are comparable. You, you put your boot in, and it, it looks very similar. Okay, well, how do we know? Maybe, maybe the conditions have been kind of the same for a while. How do we tell if, if that track is fresh? And the first thing that I look at in that scenario is kind of the edges. How clean are the edges where that track was? If it's a clearly defined track, are the edges still up and crisp or have they started to round off? Is it, has the sun affected it? Has other weather affected it? That's a good way to gauge how fresh that track is. Another thing is just kind of understanding and, and taking note of the weather or looking at past weather while you've been there and go, okay, well, it snowed at 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. 
and you're hunting and you and you come across a track at 1 p.m. Well, you know, okay, well, it's at least from 1 a.m., so that narrows the time down. Then you can say, okay, how does it compare to my track? Well, my track has a little bit more crisp edge. Um, this one's a little bit more degraded. And you go, okay, well, was the sun hitting this? Is there any other tracks that I can take a look at, maybe one in the shade and one in the sun, and see how they've kind of degraded and go, okay, well, the sun was probably here at this time. That gives me a good idea of, well, maybe the elk came between 9 a.m. And, and now noon when the sun might kind of hit it and start to degrade that track. So just kind of comparing the track to your current track and then understanding the conditions will help you really understand well, how old that track is. Now, another thing you can do is start to follow that track and go, okay, look for other signs. Maybe you find a bed. Maybe you find some scat. What's that look like? Fresh Fresh sign, fresh scat, almost looks like if it's within the first couple hours, slimy. Now, is it frozen? Well, if it's frozen, maybe it was left at night, but maybe it's not really freezing right now. Um, is it hard? Is it what happens when you smear it with your boot? What does it look like? That's a really good way to decide, okay, this track that you're looking at, how old is it and how long ago were these elk here? Because what you do know is that at the end of that track is standing an elk. What you need to know is... Is it worth following and spending your day following this track or is it better to find another track to follow because maybe that elk has a, a lot better head start on you and not wouldn't give you time to catch up. So the next thing I think about or we should at least talk about is deciding, well, what kind of track should I follow? How do I decide a, what's a bull track and what's a cow track? So I like to think of when I look at a track, the track can tell you actually a lot about the animal that left it. Um, there's a few things that kind of factor in. So the size of the track is one. Another one is kind of the weight of the animal and, and how deep that track goes depending on some of the conditions. So a bull track, the way that I describe a bull track to someone is if I put my two hands together, like made a C shape with both my hands and put them together, as wide of a C as you could do. It's kind of hard to explain, but and you put your hands together, it almost makes like this boxy, boxy track. That's going to be your bull track. A bull track is wider than a cow track. It's got like this more, if I was to compare it, a square look. Now, if you kind of made more of a elongated L shape and put that your your hands together, I don't even know if this is making sense, but that more arrowhead shape, that's going to be your cow track where it's it's thinner throughout but the bull track is wider throughout so i think of a bull track as almost as wide as it is long and a cow track is longer than it is wide and that's the front foot now the back foot you can tell the back foot will have the dew claws on a, a bigger heavier animal you might even see those those back tracks you might not see dew claw marks in maybe lighter snow or, or dirt or mud but as those heavier animals are pushing that in it's a little bit more defined on some of those bigger bodied animals now another way to kind of tell the tracks is just basing the size off of other tracks around so you go okay look at this one track i analyze the shape and i go okay well that's a cow track but here's a bull track okay that's that's a little bit wider that's a bull track, but it's not even as big as maybe this cow track. And then over here, we've got another bull track. It's, say, twice the size of this one bull track, bigger than the cow track. You go, okay, this track is from an animal that's bigger in size. Generally, the animals that are bigger in size, more mature, have a bigger foot. 
And so that's a good way to kind of decide between a set of tracks. Now, there might be something you can notice in the track to kind of stay on a particular track. And it's like, okay, is there something weird about the shape? I've seen, oh, I, saw, I was following a deer track the other day that one toe is longer than the other, like one side of the track hooked over to the other. So I, I knew that I could follow this particular deer track because it was extremely identifiable. But analyzing the track saying, okay, what's the size of it? Is this a bull or a cow? That's going to make it a lot easier to decide, okay, which track to follow. Now, another thing to think about is make sure it's not a moose track. I know a lot of people that are like, yeah, I was tracking an elk or what I thought was a big bull and then walked up on a bull moose. Um, a moose track is a lot bigger, and I would say it's almost like the two halves of the hoofs are more pill-shaped, like they're a lot longer. So it's larger but also longer. Um, that's kind of a better way to decide whether it's a moose or an elk if you haven't encountered a lot of moose and it's your first elk hunt. Now, the next thing I think about is we've decided, let's say we found a track. We go, okay, here's a big bull track. It looks fresh. It's worth my time to follow this particular track. Or this happened to me the other day. I was driving up a road to get to a spot to hunt. The weather was shitty. And I there was actually fresh tracks up the road from a truck that had driven past. And as i driving, I noticed these elk tracks on the side of the road. And I slow down, look, and I see that those elk tracks are over the tire tracks that are in front of me. So I assume this guy was probably, obviously, within after it snowed, which was last night, and me in the morning. And I got a pretty early start. So it couldn't have been that long. So I pull off and we go, we're just, it's bad weather anyways, it's starting to snow. These tracks hadn't even been filled in with that much snow yet. So, okay, this is a, a track to follow. So we, we get our stuff on, we pop into the woods and all these tracks are kind of spread out and then they get into one single file line. Now when elk get into a single file line, it generally means that they're going somewhere and it's probably somewhere that they want to get to quick and they're just like traveling. They're going from point A to point B. I would say this happens most when they're going from feeding area to a bedding area, a bedding area to a feeding area, or just an area where they go, I just want to get somewhere else. You could be watching elk and you go, you'll look at them and they're, they're all spread out. They're kind of milling around feeding. And then they all kind of gather up. One elk takes off and then they just start walking and they're going to somewhere else. I, I watched, I had a pretty good view of some elk this morning and watch them do this. They were kind of scattered out on in this sparse timber. They all went up to this old logging road, not a road you could drive on, but just a road. And then they started walking. They single filed through into the timber, around into a north face, to apparently what I was assumed bed. So when I see this like straight line, a lot of tracks, this is when I now go, okay, they're moving and they want to be somewhere else. Maybe I know, okay, maybe they're moving to a, a bedding area. Maybe I think they're moving to a feeding area. Maybe I don't know. But I do know that this is probably a time for me to kind of pick up that speed, pick up that pace. If they're moving, I'm probably going to only see them moving away. They generally are, you know, they're going to be less spooked. I, I would say like less on guard because they're following each other and they're moving. You're now just inserting yourself as an elk that's following these elk. They're looking the direction they're going and they're probably moving pretty quick. So I want to make up that time to try to cut the distance and like get a lot closer for that opportunity when they start to slow down and do something else. So when I see that that line of tracks, now I'm going to increase my speed and, and go, okay, 
I, I'm still paying attention. My head's up. I'm looking around. I'm, I'm glassing when I can, but they're traveling. Now what I'm going to look for is when that single track starts to split off. This will happen where it's like, okay, one starts to peel off, another starts to peel off. And what they're doing is now they're in that place where they're going to do whatever they're going to do. What you'll see is you might see a little bit of milling around. If it starts to peel off when you get to, let's say, a grassy area, a meadow, maybe a feeding area or an area with some kind of food source, you can see, okay, they're starting to eat. Okay, this slowed the elk down. So now we're going to be on a more heightened alert, going to be glassing and taking our time a little bit more. They're going to be distracted probably, but they're going to start eating and that slows them down. So whatever the time was when you cut that track, now this is giving you a little bit more time to intercept that elk doing something because they should be up on their feet feeding and it slowed them down. You can also say like, okay, are they feeding a lot or are they just kind of split up and feeding here and there? Think about like if you ever ride horses, riding a horse, sometimes a horse will be walking and eating. It's like always constantly grazing. The elk will do that as well. They'll, they'll split up and they're, they're still moving in that direction, but they're, they're grazing on things. They aren't fully committing to feeding, especially if it's maybe in the timber or not in, in, a, in a good grassed areas. But what now we're going to start to look for is that milling around where if you've got one track that's starting to make loops, or, or starting to kind of cut back on itself. And it's like all the tracks split up and now they're starting to wander, but you don't see a lot of feeding activity where they've been grabbing grass or anything else. This is a good indication that they're finding a place to bed, especially if it's in an area that would be conducive to bedding. So this is where I really start to slow down one step at a time, glass, one step at a time, glass. Just by reading the track and, and kind of anticipating what that elk's doing, that tells me the speed at which I should be hunting and kind of the way and what I should be looking for. Now, when it comes to tracking elk, one of the things that you can do is try to anticipate where they might go with the information that you see that track doing. So if you've got some tracks, let's use this example this happened to me just the other day so following the tracks in a line start to split up once they start to split up i stayed on the bull track but i thought okay the bulls now he's kind of meandering i could see him you know eating on some willows like probably sparse semi-thick timber it was like really thick timber opened up into sparse timber so now we're, i'm looking at where he's feeding and then i noticed that he, he then kind of starts feeding and then they all the elk grew back up and it's another line and it goes up to the ridge and over. So now I'm like, okay, now they're going from maybe feeding to traveling to kind of grazing to now traveling. Then the bull splits off from the rest of the group. I think, okay, this is a good indication that he's going to go bed. Maybe he ran into some cows and then he's going to go bed. So I pull out my map and I look at like what's around and I see that it goes up to this ridge and there's this little knob and that to me was the spot that I decided that bull is probably going to bed now he went from a good direction to travel to now the wind at his back and that was not good for following that track anymore so in order to kind of offset that I had to circle around and start glassing into that knob I did find two on this particular instance I did find two beds on that knob that's what he did. He went there and bedded. Now, whether he heard me, there was like no wind and moved off already. I don't know. This particular bull that I'm talking about, 
got up out of his bed and then I think we followed this track for four miles and it ended up doing a big loop going back and walking 30 yards behind my parked vehicle, which sucks. (laughs) Um, But I I don't know if that was just because some, because I was interacting with it and maybe bumped it and that's the direction it went or if it was just playing cruel tricks on me. But either way, being able to anticipate what that elk might be doing next can really help you get eyes on a bull because what they're going to do is they're going to be moving around and then there's going to be that instance where the wind's not good where you know you can be following that track but you're looking at the track and not paying as much attention so what i like to do is i always like to when i've got a bull that i'm separating out i go okay this is the elk that i want to follow and i'm trying to read the track and then i go okay what's his next move so if i've got a track that goes into a meadow and now it's spread out and feeding then i think his next move is going to be to go to bedding So I can actually kind of move around the edge and look for that track to leave the meadow. Okay, now here's where that track has left the meadow. I think that he's probably going to wrap around, get the wind going downhill, and be bedded facing downhill. So it's like the wind will be at his back. So what I would do is sometimes I'll actually drop across and glass back into that if that's possible. If not, I might follow that track, but down below where I think it would be so... try to intercept or anticipate that bull moving toward me it depends on the timing and other things but being able to anticipate what that elk's doing based on the track can help lead to that success as opposed to just following a track with no knowledge of what's ahead or where he might be going i hope wherever you're hunting you get a little bit of snow and can give tracking an elk a try if that's not a tactic that you use regularly It's a lot of fun, and it's a very engaging way to be hunting. It's also a great way to learn about what elk do and where they go. Some of the places that they'll go, be like, oh, okay, this is the way that they travel. The snow or even just like rain and mud, or if you're in an area with real dry dirt, just being able to follow an elk track tells you a lot about what elk are doing. That You can take that knowledge when that snow is not there. One of the things that I kind of find interesting is is the way that they choose to travel. And by just following a lot of tracks over the years, when there's no snow on the ground, it makes me a better hunter of knowing, okay, this is the way that an elk would move through here. Okay, it moved through this flat. It's moving out of this bedding area. Okay, what's it going to do? It's wrapping around. Okay, what's the distance that these elk might go from this feeding to this bedding? It allows you to find areas that they use and utilize Uh, with the evidence on the ground like it's just tells you it's what was here and what were they doing it's almost like if you could have trail cameras everywhere that's what tracks are it's just showing you what they were doing in the past so following tracks is a really good way to learn about elk and also a really good way to find success i think back to like the way that my grandpa used to hunt and fresh snow was the day that people would kill elk because that was their primary method of finding elk and hunting elk was by tracking bulls it's a very effective tool to have in your arsenal of hunting tactics and then just by mixing in a few other things of just understanding what tracks to follow when to move and when to slow down and then just even pulling out your maps and saying like okay trying to think ahead say where are they going what are they doing another thing that's a really good idea is Um, I just did this the other day is I I was following a track in this particular area and then all of a sudden there's 30, 40 beds in the snow. I just dropped some pins and said bedding area because 
other times of the season, I'm going to be going back there and going, okay, this is where the elk are bedding, where I couldn't figure out in this particular area where they like to bed. This gives me a good idea, whether it's archery season or earlier in the rifle season when there's no snow on the ground, of potential areas to focus in on, or if I can look into this particular area from somewhere else and say, okay, in the middle of the day, where should I look? Oh, okay, I can see part of this ridge from over here. Okay, and glass this without having to hike in there or if the wind's bad and see if there's any bulls or whatever. It's just a really good way to kind of keep tabs on elk and understand where they're at. So just by using a few of those tactics and then thinking ahead, you can definitely, I think, put yourself in a good position to harvest elk. Before we go this week, I first want to say thank you guys so much for all the success photos and all the things throughout the season. I really have been enjoying getting that. I'll be out in the daytime, and when I get service, I'll, I'll pop into the messages and scroll through and I'd try to reply to as many as I can. But thank you guys so much for that. That, that really gets me excited and keeps me going. So thank you guys for sending that stuff over. I also wanted to say, you know, we're talking a little bit about maps right now. Go Hunt's got their Explorer membership map. Uh, they've partnered with our podcast, which I thank them a lot for that. And so if you use code LIVEWILD, right now until the 24th, I think it is, you can get $50 in the gear shop. So you get a membership, and then you get $50 credit to use in the Go Hunt gear store. Also, you might want to be thinking a little bit ahead and look toward the Go Hunt Insider. So what that is, you get the mapping membership, but you also get all the tag draw stuff. So you get the articles, plus you get all the research for ta when tag draws start to come out. It's about that time. I, I know we're in the middle of the season, but I'm already thinking about some of the draws that are coming up, um, doing some of that tag draw research. It's like already, as soon as the season ends, it rolls right into planning and preparing for next year. And maybe you're like, oh, I don't have an elk tag this year. Well, now is the time to start thinking and researching about it. So you can use that same code, Live Wild, or just my name, Remy, R-E-M-I, either one works. And you'll get $75 in the gear shop for insider signups right now through the 24th. So something to think about if you guys are interested. As always, thank you guys so much. And I'm going to say until next week, go track them down. Catch you guys later. Bye.